0: So I proceeded to do the monthly by the end of the year and just turn it up. And in my efforts of doing that is how I ended up having my first six-figure day that I've then kind of learned how to rinse and repeat that method as well.
1: Welcome to The Fi Show, where you
2: get a behind-the-scenes look into financial independence. Here's your host, Cody and Justin. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Fi Show where today we're featuring Kat Norton aka Miss Excel but before we get into that let me check in my co-host Justin. What is going on man? Hey Cody yeah since the last time we caught up it was kind of talking
1: about all the like Europe and Bahrain and Saudi Arabia and all that trip. After coming off that just kind of kept the train rolling and went to Mississippi for my niece's high school graduation got to give her a shout out because I gave her the option I said hey you can either I'll either set you up an IRA, teach you how to invest, put a thousand dollars in there, or whenever you get ready, I'll buy you a plane ticket to Austin, show you around like everything will be on me. And she chose the IRA option. So making a wise financial decision before she's even 18 is a very wise decision. So I got to give her a shout out. And then from there, we went to Denver for a few days to watch some country concerts. How about you, Cody? I know you're on the road.
2: Yeah, we've been on the road just straight go, go, go. And I had some internet connectivity problems, particularly in France, but it's been a blast. I think last time we caught up, I was recording from Porto, Portugal. Since then, we checked out Nice, France. We actually had a chance to check out Monte Carlo, Monaco, and they were setting up the Grand Prix, which was super cool to see. And there's just so much wealth there and mega yachts. And then we went over to Naples, Italy. We're visiting a friend, Joe, and we're staying with our friends, Angelica and Kyle. And that has just been a whirlwind because he's lived here for a year. He knows all the best spots. He knows all the best bars. So it's been go, 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 travel, travel, travel. And yeah, it's we still got a couple of days left on the trip, but excited to eat more Neapolitan food. We've had some pizza, some pasta. We're going to a beach party today. We're just doing all the things. You have to do some pizza recon for me. we <laughs> Will do. But Justin, I think that's enough about us. Let's tell the listeners about the awesome free spreadsheet you're giving away.
1: Yeah, Cody, I'm excited to make this available to all the listeners. It's the spreadsheet that I use personally from the time I started in 2015 when I had 38K to track. And now I've got this spreadsheet that shows everything I've spent all the way up to today. We're busted over that million mark. And so it's a tool that I've found kind of stood the test of time. It's got all the categories in there for you. And I think it's just a really simple tool that's worked really well for me. And I hope it works well for the listeners.
2: All right, Justin, I can't let you get away with not hyping yourself up enough because I've seen this spreadsheet and it is just all encompassing. It tracks all of your expenses. It tracks your net worth month to month. It tracks your income. It has kind of a ledger of all of your different accounts, whether that's bank accounts, 401ks, IRAs, anywhere where your money is sitting, Justin has a place for it. And so basically what Justin did was he took his spreadsheet that he uses himself, he made a template version for all of you guys to use, and he went ahead and recorded a video to show you exactly how he uses it month to month to track his net worth, income, and expenses. You can grab all of that for free at thefyshow.com slash spreadsheet. That's thefyshow.com slash spreadsheet. All right, so today on the Five Show we have on Kat Norton, AKA Miss Excel, and you guys are gonna hear one of the most explosive entrepreneurial journeys that we have had on the Five Show to date. She started teaching people how to basically just dominate the Excel program, Microsoft Excel. She started selling her courses and offerings to corporations and people on social media has amassed over 750,000 social media followers in a pretty short amount of time and has had a few 100K days with her products and offerings. And one of the things I really enjoyed about this episode is how much Kat focuses on mindset. We get into some of the tactics and how she was able to amass such a massive audience so quickly But it really all came down to mindset and that growth mindset, having an abundance mindset. She does a lot of inner work. And I think, honestly, that was one of the most interesting things to me about this episode that we haven't really talked about too much in the past.
1: Yeah, Cody, the mental exercises was definitely something I didn't expect coming into the episode, but were really cool, really cool takeaways, something very different than a lot of the other guests that we've had on. And this is a, a cool episode for a few different reasons, whether it be maybe you're getting interested in starting any kind of little side business, maybe you're wanting to get into TikTok. Or maybe you just want to get like literally excited about Excel, which I think in this space, in the financial space, like embracing Excel and just getting in that mindset of knowing like, hey, every time you go to make a decision, I'm going to put a little math behind it is a huge boost to that kind of path to financial independence. So if you resonate with any of those things, maybe you're kind of wanting to work on some of that mindset, mental exercise stuff. Maybe you're wanting to look at social media, whatever it is. We think this is a great episode for you, or maybe you know someone who does, and you can find all the links to Cat stuff, as well as share this episode with one of your friends at com slash cat. That's com slash k-a-t. Take it away, Cat.
0: I've always been kind of dabbling in entrepreneurial ventures from a young age. I remember in kindergarten, I was selling those paper fortune tellers in the cafeteria for like a quarter. And then in third grade, I went door to door selling like a little newspaper that I made for our street. And then in college, I made a little clothing line called Customized by Kathleen, where I was taking high-waisted jean shorts from like thrift stores and designing them and selling on Etsy. So I really always kind of dabbled in entrepreneurial things. And I think for me, it was more so an outlet for my creativity. So trying to find a way to create something to then go ahead and sell.
1: And then what about like some other attributes? Like, obviously, we're going to get into all the Excel stuff, but like organization math, like were those things that you were super into or not growing up, was it something you could kind of foretell that was going to happen with your little paper fortune teller?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I was always a little nerdy, for sure. I was that kid who would, like, make study guides for the whole class and, like, print them out copies and give them to everyone. That was me. So I remember, too, my dad, when I was little, gave me a laptop to just play around on where I was hitting the buttons, and I used to get so mad when I'd hit the caps lock key. I remember being like, what's going on? So I've always been nerdy and into those things, and then once I got my hands on Excel, it was, like, game over.
2: And I know a question we like to ask guests who kind of hit this entrepreneurship stride really young is it sounds like even though you were dabbling in all these different things, you didn't really see this as a viable career option. You still ended up going to college. You kind of went the quote unquote traditional route. You got the nine to five job. Could you kind of just talk about that period in your life? Like, I guess, why was entrepreneurship tabled? Were you still doing these side hustles like this clothing line that you had created? Was that bringing in substantial revenue or what was just the whole mindset going on there?
0: Yeah, so my mindset was something I really had to shift before diving into entrepreneurship full time. A lot of my resulting steps that like landed me into the classic corporate consulting job, trying to ride up the ladder, it was really about the societal conditioning that I had as a child and it was like this is what you do to be successful. And I also had these limiting beliefs about entrepreneurship where I was like entrepreneurship it has to be a struggle, it's going to be hard. And I remember distinctly thinking this in college because one of my professors was trying to get me to take like the entrepreneurship track that we had at school. And I was like, I can't do that. That is going to be way too stressful for me. And it's just so funny now how I've shifted the narrative in my own life. And that's what I'm trying to do now is explain to people that it doesn't have to be that hard. But I had these limiting beliefs kind of just holding me in place, which is why I didn't do anything sooner or take these ideas so seriously.
1: And having those limiting beliefs, could I assume that no one else like in your family or like that you're really close to had done this, like you could kind of mirror yourself off of?
0: No, I mean, my dad did real estate and he had his own real estate company, but he was always kind of working with other firms and my mom didn't either, no. So for me, it was really just started with an outlet as creativity and then it kind of just merged into like building a business. I got my MBA. I went down the whole like business track, you know, but then I woke up one day and was like... This is not lighting me up anymore. And that's where I really started branching out into what do I actually like to do?
2: So at that point, had you actually shut off all of these other entrepreneurial things you had going on? Like, had you shut off the little side hustles here and there and you were just fully focused on the consulting role?
0: Absolutely. So I spent four and a half years at the consulting firm doing securitization reviews for banks. So every Monday, I would go to JFK in New York, and I'd get up at like 3.30 in the morning from my parents' house, go to the airport, fly to a new state every week. I had a new client every single week. I'd go there, work a week, and then fly back home, write up a report, start it over again. So I really didn't even have that much time to have something on the side. I was just always running around, and then I'd just be home on the weekends.
1: How deep had you kind of buried those entrepreneurial thoughts? Like, had you like completely written it off and thought, maybe that's just something like for kids or dreamers and like, that's not going to be for me. Or was it always in the back of your mind kind of clawing at you?
0: I had pretty much written it off. Like the version of myself that I was, I was just kind of like the shell of myself where I was very much like a perfectionist, a people pleaser. I actually grew up with an anxiety disorder that was kind of holding me back in those areas from Fully putting myself out there and for pursuing all these different dreams and creative outlets that I had.
2: So you can't believe everything you read on the internet, but I believe you were talking to a friend of yours, and you guys were just kind of spitballing back and forth. You're like, you know, I need to do a side hustle or start something, and you kind of landed on this create short videos for Excel business. Could you talk about that conversation? Like, what led up to the point where I know you mentioned you were burnt out, you weren't getting lit up anymore, but it sounds like you and your friend were just kind of riffing off each other and trying to figure out the next step. So. You know, how did that all unfold?
0: Yeah, so this was in March of 2020 is where this whole new era kind of began for me. And I found myself back in my childhood bedroom of my parents' house. And I mean like fully there, I was not traveling anymore. I was like, ooh, just waking up in my little 12 by 12 room. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? I'm 27 years old. I don't love my job. This isn't lighting me up. And I was like, why am I staying in this pattern? So I spent the next few months diving into all different modalities of inner work. So I was doing meditations. I was reprogramming my subconscious mind. I was doing inner child work. I was reading and just educating myself on the mind and learning about how the brain works and with neuroplasticity, how we can go in and just change our different patterns that our subconscious shows up for us. So really, I dove into all that headfirst for like two and a half months, and I distinctly remember coming out of my bedroom one night, and this is, I think it was in April of 2020, so I didn't even have the idea for Miss Excel until June, and I turned to my mother, and I was like, Mom, I'm going to be rich and famous soon, so I need you to prepare your nervous system for that. And she's cracking up. She's like, okay, Kathleen, like, I'm in my room, like, coming out crying, doing inner child work, being like, mom, why'd you dress me weird in kindergarten? You know, like, all these random memories. And she's like, what are you doing? (laughs) But really, that work laid the foundation for me to then get myself to a place where I can go dance on TikTok to a left function. Like, most people do not wake up ready (laughs) to do that, let me tell you. So anywho, June comes around, I'm on the phone with my best friend, Anna Tansley, who runs this account Choices and Outcomes, and that's my current yoga teacher. So we're into all the different yogic sciences. And we're talking about side hustles that I could do with my Excel knowledge, because on the side of my day job, I had actually been teaching Excel for fun because it was just my passion project there. So the company backed me, had me flying around the US hosting Excel trainings pre-pandemic. And at that point, I'd been doing them virtually globally. And I remember she turns to me and she's like, what if you put the Excel tips on TikTok? And I was like, TikTok, I'm 27 (laughs) years old with a corporate job. I can't make a TikTok. But my gut was like, make the TikTok. And when she said it, I distinctly remember just like spazzing out. I was like talking in broken senses. I was like, and I had this vision. It was kind of like a lightning bolt of the Excel screen above my head. Like I saw what the content would look like and I was dancing, I had trending music and there was an Excel screen above my head. Now, I've never video edited a day in my life. I had no idea I had to get an Excel screen above my head in a TikTok. I didn't even have TikTok on my phone because I was like, oh, I'm not gonna go on TikTok, you know? And I couldn't shake the idea though. For the next like 48 hours, I remember my brain and my gut were at war because my brain was like, you cannot... Make a TikTok. And my gut was like, make the TikTok. And it was a Friday afternoon. My schedule magically cleared. It was like three o'clock. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to test out one of these videos. I'm just going to try to get the screen over my head. I watched a 40 minute YouTube video on the easiest video editor I could find called WeVideo. I was like, easiest video editor. (laughs) And I watched this video and learned how to do it. And then I created the first video and was like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. And that's really where it all began was from that first conversation and then those like 48 hours leading up after.
1: So it's one thing to learn like complex Excel functions, but I have to imagine maybe the harder part was the dances. Like how did you start to come up with these dances? Like what was, was it like, were you finding dances on TikTok or were you just like kind of moving around?
0: (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, for me, this whole business has been just a game of being able to combine all the things I love And I remember back in my like March, April, May phase where I'm like doing this deep dive on myself. I was like, what do I even like to do? And I had to get really clear on that first. I had this memory like of years before that crying on my boyfriend's bedroom floor being like, I don't know what my hobbies are. I was like, I don't know what I like to do because I had just become this shell of myself with all the conditioning, trying to people please and be this version. I was like, what are my hobbies, you know? And then so I really got clear with myself and was like, what do I love? I love to help people. I love Excel. And I love to dance. And that's kind of how the videos were formed, was me really just finding an outlet to combine all the things I love. So I just kind of like free flow on the camera. It takes a while to learn those TikTok dances. Let me tell you, I tried doing that like savage one. Oh my gosh. It took me like a day and a half to learn. I was like, this can't be sustainable.
2: (laughs) Something that you mentioned before, and I don't think we have a lot of guests talk about this, is that inner work that you did when you kind of reached the quote-unquote rock bottom. I feel like that's something that's so, I just, I don't even know. It's just like underutilized. People don't realize that kind of working on yourself, your mindset, your belief system can really help you just like supercharge your future. And I just want you to talk to that in any way that you can about like manifestation and kind of believing is doing and all that stuff. Because I truly think mindset is often that kind of glass ceiling that people are hitting their heads on.
0: 100%. This is really my jam and this is the direction I want to continue to take my business. I've been doing like keynote speaking and motivational talks on this. So it's really something that I agree, I think is totally underrated, totally not used enough in entrepreneurship. Like I think entrepreneurship, it's just a game of your mindset. The only blocks we have in life are the ones we're putting on ourselves. And when we clear that out, that's where you leave the space for the opportunities to happen. So for me, in terms of reprogramming my own mind, I call it my little trifecta that I did. So the first part was I read the book Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. And that book, in the first 100 pages, shifted the entire way that I viewed the world. And essentially, the book is the science behind the law of attraction and how manifestation works because as an Excel nerd, as you may imagine, my mind is very logical. And I could sit there and be like, ooh, think positive, good things will happen, right? But my logical mind wasn't fully on board. So that book for me, first hundred pages, I was so passionate about it. I started outlining it. I was like, I need my friends to read it because it's a very dense book, but the principles in there are just, it's gold. So that was the first part. The second part was I did a program to essentially read Program My limiting beliefs and I use Lacey Phillips has a program called to be magnetic and it's essentially a structured way to go through your limiting beliefs and reprogram them. So you have like these memories from childhood popping up and you essentially go in and show your subconscious that there could have been another way. Because ages zero to seven, we don't have critical thinking skills yet. So everything when we're little just seems way more dramatic. Like maybe your mom yells at you or something and you're like, oh my gosh, my mom hates me. You're not sitting there like, oh, you know, she spilled her coffee this morning and was late for work. She's in a bad mood. We don't have those critical thinking skills yet. And in those ages, zero to seven is when those core memories are formed in our subconscious mind, which forms the patterns that we then attract into our life as we grow. Amazing example of this is in my kindergarten yearbook, I wrote I wanted to be a rock star. Now, I don't think motivational speakers were really a thing on my radar at the time, but for me, I really think it was about being the one on the stage. And in first grade, I had a toy microphone and I was singing in front of my parents in our living room. And my mom turned to me and she was like, Kathleen, you're great at a lot of things, but you can't sing. And little me took that as you are not worthy of being the one on the stage, right? So then what happens is our mind will try to show you ways that will reaffirm the beliefs that you have. So what group of friends do I call in in middle school? The drama cadets, further reaffirming that I'm the one untalented friend, not on the stage, and I'm just always that friend in the audience. Then it continues to spread out into an anxiety disorder. I hate any attention on me. I stop having birthday parties. I can't do public speaking. I just, anytime I have to speak, I turn bright red. Like I was just so uncomfortable in my own skin. And I'm sure there are many other examples that happen in that age range that further reaffirm this belief, but that's an example of how these different things can form when we're younger. And then the beliefs carry out throughout our lives until we go in and reprogram them. So that for me was an important period where I was going in and figuring out what those memories were and then showing my subconscious mind that there could have been another way. Example, I had a vision in preschool. I'm hugging my teddy bear. I'm crying. I tell my mom, like, I hated preschool. I was crying every day. She was like, that was two days, Kathleen. Like, (laughs) but I only remember the traumatizing days, right? So you essentially go into a hypnotic state and you envision yourself happy in preschool and that neutralizes the electromagnetic charge of the memory so it stops having this hold over you so I did this pretty intensely for a couple months like twice a day just like reprogramming reprogramming and then the third thing I did was something called kundalini yoga so that is a form of meditation with mantra and movement. And for me, I always had trouble with like the meditation that was like the close your eyes and say, oh, and just blank out your mind. You know, I feel like meditation gets a bad rap sometimes because people are like, I can't shut my mind off. Right. But it's important to remember that the heart beats involuntarily. The mind thinks involuntarily. So just releasing that pressure and finding a modality of meditation that works for you is the other third part of my trifecta that I use to essentially reprogram from the way I was, which is a very different version you see here today into what I am now.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we'll definitely link to those resources so people can kind of like dig more into what you've been doing. And I think regardless of of the methods, I I don't think we spend enough time just looking back, being introspective. We're always kind of just focused on the next task. We're always looking for like what's in front of us. How do you envision incorporating this kind of material? I know you mentioned it's in public speaking, but are you going to try to incorporate this kind of material with your Excel courses or like, you know, kind of like how do those two worlds play together? Because they're so different.
0: Yeah, I think I would create a second separate business teaching how to grow a business with these principles in mind. So how to grow a business while reframing your mindset and things like that and kind of have some core offerings around that in the future. But right now, Excel and the Microsoft products have been taking a lot of my time. But eventually, that is something I want to look into doing because my job here on this planet is to just light up as many people as I can. I feel so strongly about it. That's why I'm trying to get my story out there to just get people to jump in the pool. And do what lights them up too. So many of my friends, so many people I know are just like standing on the edge and I'm just trying to push people in that pool. So anytime I could get my story out there or teach more on these topics and make people realize they can do it too, that's when I feel like I had a good day.
2: So I know the trifecta was kind of the magic thing that happened in the beginning of 2020, but now it's two years later almost at this point. Are you still doing those same three things? What are kind of your daily habits, routines, rituals? that? Kind of keep that, you know, it's chakra in line, or I don't know the I don't know the proper terminology. Maybe I'll have to take your course on mindset and manifestation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, you got it there. It's chakra alive for sure. I'd say for me, my daily practice now looks a little different. I haven't been doing the inner child work all the time because I have found myself really in the beginning of the business. I was trying to reverse engineer my flow state. So I in the beginning would have days where my inbox would be flooded with opportunities and all these good things are happening and I'm getting these viral ideas, I'm blowing up. And then I'd have periods where it was just crickets. And I was like, hmm, how did I do that? And how do I maintain that? So I spent the first few months of my business, really that was my main like quote unquote struggle with it was like getting in there and figuring out how do I stay like that all the time? How do I wake up happy every day? How do I wake up fulfilled with ideas flowing through and opportunities in my inbox every single day? So that was my first kind of stage with it, which I've gotten into a space where now I pretty much maintain a flow state at all times. And if I feel myself drop down, I have the tools to get myself back up. So it's really been just a game of like hacking myself and every person's different. But for me, what my daily routine to kind of maintain that flow state looks like is I wake up, I meditate every single day. So I still do the kundalini yoga meditations, but really whatever meditation feels good for you and is something you'd stick with is what I recommend. And then secondly is leaving the space for creativity. I think that is where creativity just goes wrong sometimes where people are like, oh, I'm just not creative, right? We are all creative. It's just whether we have exercised the muscle and left the space for it. So for me, I need—I know for a fact, I need to leave at least like two hours of space in my calendar for me to get into a creative flow state where I'm just like getting these viral ideas. So I've now structured my calendar in a way that I actually give a whole day to my creative days where I'm like, I hike, I do yoga, I'm out in nature, and I don't really work as much, but then I'll sit down and get all these creative downloads. And then on other days, I'm like whipping out meetings and doing tasks and things like that. And it's actually broken out into what's called the masculine and the feminine energy. So the masculine is like your iced coffee, your to-do list, knocking out all these things, hustle mode, right? And then the feminine energy is the receiving energy. And actually on the feminine energy days where I'm out in nature and doing things and getting into a flow state are the days I make the most money. So I've been able to like track this stuff with the passive income. And typically on those days, I'll get more core sales because I'm in that receiving state And I feel like that's a massive part in entrepreneurship and also in corporate that's really skipped out on because everyone's focused on the hustle culture, get things done, do the most. Right. But we don't leave that space for the creative flow state.
1: And you're doing a lot of experimentation to figure out what works best for you, like both yourself personally and then like the business. What about like with the actual TikTok videos? Like when you first started making them originally versus maybe the way they are today, did your format just click right away or did you have to do some tinkering?
0: yeah so the format clicked right away i was posting one video a day when i first started and i didn't tell anybody i was making a TikTok besides my mother and my boyfriend and by the fourth video it reaches a hundred thousand views gets pushed to all these people i know i was like oh my gosh and then by my sixth video the ceo of an i.t company reaches out and is like hey i love your teaching style I'm looking to create G Suite training videos, so the Google version of everything I was doing for students, parents, and teachers, because this is when all the schools were starting to go digital. So I formed an LLC, bought a green screen, a ring light, I moved my childhood bedroom furniture out of the way, built a little studio in my room, and started. I'd work my day job, I'd create videos and sell them back to that guy at night, and then I'd be creating the Miss Excel content every night as well. So. Really by like, I think it was the third or fourth week, I went quote unquote viral on TikTok and got, I think it was like 3.6 million views in a day or two, looked down at my phone and I had 100,000 followers on TikTok. And at that point I was like, whoa, what just happened, right? And then I really tried to reverse engineer the content. And for me, it ended up just being a game of energy. So all videos and content is, is an energy transmission. And if I can get myself lined up in this state where I'm so magnetic through the phone that you watch my content, not only are learning something, but it brightens your day, that is the content that then goes in and goes viral. So I spent a lot of time too, just trying to figure out what makes content blow up. But yeah, it, it happened pretty quick. It was all within the first month. I had like a side hustle from it. I had the viral video. I started growing a following.
2: So I think a lot of people, when they think about side hustles, whether it's TikTok or name your other side hustle, I think you even mentioned before you started all this cat, you were kind of of the same mindset. They think you need to have all these credentials or you need to buy all this equipment or have all this training. Could you just give us an idea of like, what tech were you working with? Like, did you have this big fancy studio and all this fancy equipment or was it just the plain old iPhone and you were just putting your energy out in the world?
0: Oh yeah. I started this whole thing with my iPhone And it's funny, like, I still use my iPhone. The iPhone quality is actually very great, especially if you're getting the newer iPhones. That definitely helps the cause. But really, I removed those blocks that I had where because I absolutely had them at first where it's like, I need a full studio. I just can't create courses, right? But you got to get scrappy sometimes. I was like, this is what's standing in between me and my future. I don't want to invest thousands and thousands of dollars in something if I don't know it's going to work. So I'm like, I'm just gonna get scrappy with it and whip this thing out. And it turned out incredible. So it was really just going in there and figuring out what I had on hand. And also, I think it was less than $500 a month was my overhead for the first like almost year of the business. And by that point, I had already scaled it to six close to seven figures. So it was really just, we don't need as much crazy things as you might think with growing a business. And it was important for me to kind of unblock that going into it
1: and that moment where you're like holy crap i've got 100,000 followers on tiktok out of the blue like what kind of i guess pressure did that create on yourself like i've got this opportunity now that i really need to run with was it was it purely just like exciting or did it feel a little like you had real pressure like i've got to make this work like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity
0: oh no i loved it <laughs> and a big part of what i do too is like It's important to operate out of a place of abundance rather than scarcity. So they're polar opposites. What happens with a lot of people on social media is they'll be like, oh my gosh, I didn't post a video this week. Like, I'm not going to go viral. My account's going to tank. And we put this like pressure on ourselves, right? Where my whole business, I've trained my mind to essentially operate out of a place of abundance. And I just have this deep-rooted belief that it's like when I want to show up, I show up. So I don't make content every single day, especially if you see my pages. So really for me, it was I had to train my mindset, it's all mindset, to operate out of this place of abundance. So for me, when it first blew up, I'm like, this is great, let's have fun. I wasn't even planning on starting a business when I did it. I was just kind of doing it to help people. And then it wasn't until three or four months in that I built out my first course and actually started monetizing the Mystic Cell part of the business.
2: So this is gonna be a two-parter, but just to keep up with the timeline, you mentioned TikTok. I don't think we've even said the word Instagram yet. When did the Instagram account come into play? We will be right back after a quick word for our amazing sponsor, LinkedIn Jobs. It's a new year, 2022, but it's feeling harder than ever to find and hire the qualified people you need, especially for small businesses and especially during the great resignation. That's where LinkedIn Jobs comes in. They make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. I recently hired a video editor and having a platform where I could filter through qualified candidates made it so much easier. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach qualified candidates and beyond on the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. Plus with the LinkedIn Jobs filtering features, it's so easy to figure out who is right and who is wrong for your business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs is rated number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. But basically LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash fi as linkedin.com slash fi to post your job for free terms and conditions apply.
0: Yeah. So that was about a month in. I added in the Instagram because everything was going on in the news and they were like, TikTok's going to get banned in the U S and I was like, well, better hedge my risk. And so I created the Instagram and I thought a lot of people would pull over and 2000 people did from TikTok. very different audience. So I was like, well, guess I just have to go viral on Instagram. So then a couple of weeks later went viral on Instagram grew 50,000 people. And then since then I've been able to go viral across the platforms, usually every like month or two between social media and the press, like off something blow up.
2: So the reason why I asked that question is because I read that I was I think it was 3 months in after you kind of launched that first product that first Excel course you were making 15 grand a month passively and it sounded like at that point like you didn't have the over a million count across both platforms maybe a couple hundred thousand between TikTok and Instagram I know a lot of people who are in that same follower position who are not even close that good at monetizing so what was it that kind of i know it's we're talking about energy a lot and the receiving energy the feminine energy going on the hikes and all that stuff was it just that or do you think there was more to it that made you just so good at monetizing per follower
0: yeah i mean i was really just trying to fill the gap like i saw my audience needed the courses I've been doing these like 15 second videos for so long. And it was November of 2020. I started selling my first course. So I like took two weeks off from my day job and I whipped out the most like fun, cool, creative Excel course I could. It's like hundred videos. I edited every single one and started selling it. And then by January, it was bringing in more passive income than my day job. That's when in February of 2021, I jumped ship from my corporate job and took Miss Excel full time.
1: Now, you obviously had like a great income coming in. So so maybe it wasn't scary at all. But I know you mentioned like there are those kind of like social norms and pressures of like having a normal job. Like, what did that feel like when you were getting ready to decide, nope, I'm just going to do this by myself? When people ask me what I do, you know, I can tell them this. Like, I'm not worried about telling people I've got a corporate job.
0: It really was just taking a bet on me. And that's what I feel all entrepreneurship is, is taking that bet on you where you are like, I know for 100% fact that I'm not gonna give up on me. And that's how I looked at it. I was like, I know I will be successful because I will not stop until I get there. So for me, it didn't feel like as much of a risk, especially because I was already like making money with it. But I remember trying to explain this, like my parents, my friend's parents, they were like, what are you gonna do about health insurance, 401k benefits? I was like- I don't know. (laughs) I'm telling you right now, it's not going to matter because I'm going to make so much more money. I will not care about that health insurance mother. Like, I remember explaining this to my mom where she's like, Cobra could be $3,000 a month. I was like, I don't care. Like, I will make so much money. It will not matter. And I was just so sure of myself. I was so sure of the impact the business was going to have because- I knew with 40 hours back in my week, I would be dangerous. I was like, yo, if I could just run my own day right now, like I could whip out 10 more courses, which is exactly what I did in the next few months. I whipped out 10 more courses. So, And then I was able to bundle them and scale the business. So it was really just taking the bet on me. And that's just like an agreement. It's like a deep soul agreement that you have with yourself where you're like, am I going to give up? And if you're like, no, I'm not going to give up, then I say, go
2: for it love that so going back to my previous question i think about the conversion thing i think a lot of people just don't have the right i know sales funnel such like a slimy term but sales funnel they don't know how to like deliver a product tell people that they have this thing how did you go from just making these viral 15 second tiktoks to then getting people to go on a website or go onto a course platform and buy these courses from you like what was the sell
0: yeah so luckily my boyfriend was like a ranked number one sales rep in north america for the company he was working at and then created his own sales consulting firm so he was on the ground with me building out my sales funnels building out my pitch for my webinars practicing with me so that was like a massive tool to have in my pocket was working with mike and really what i did i created a five series email thread modeled off of what was done in dot com secrets by russell bronson mm-hmm. created ClickFunnels. And I created a five-email series that constantly generates sales. And then really, though, what like turned it up starting in April of 2021 was my first one. I did a webinar, which in Excel world, what this looks like was I did a 45-minute, absolutely free, power-packed Excel lesson. And at the end of the Excel training... I would give people an incredible opportunity with the discount code, extra bonuses to stay on and keep working with me and join my courses. And I'll never forget the first time I did that. I was like, whoa, because <laughs> I made more money that day than I had like entirely with the business over the last like six months. So it was really that was kind of the print button, you know. And once I did that, I was like, okay. How can I rinse and repeat? How can I scale? How can I grow? So really my pattern has been to host these webinars, go viral, host the webinars, go viral, and just kind of back and forth and back and forth. And I was doing them quarterly at first, but then I decided I wanted to buy a house in Sedona. So I proceeded to do the monthly by the end of the year and just turn it up. And in my efforts of doing that is how I ended up having my first six-figure day that I've then kind of learned how to rinse and repeat that method as well.
1: And you just mentioned like buying a house. I was just about to ask, like obviously your professional life had greatly changed. Like what was kind of your personal life changes? Like did your spending drastically change? I mean, this is a show where a lot of people care about like personal finance. So kind of what did that look like?
0: Yeah, so in October, 2020, I started on the digital nomad journey. So this was right around when I was kind of thinking about creating my first course. I wasn't really making money yet besides a side hustle, but I was still at my day job and everyone was remote. So, my boyfriend and I went out to Sedona, Arizona for a month, which seemed so rebellious at the time. I remember his dad's our accountant, and he was like, this is not a wise financial decision. But meanwhile, we both live in our parents' houses. I still had a ton of student debt. I was like, you know what? We're just going to live. We're just going to do it for one month. Well... That one month turned into 16 more months after that, where we ended up renting Airbnbs around the US. And I lived in California. I lived in Hawaii for a couple months, Austin, Texas, Miami, uh, all over Arizona, really just bouncing around and having fun with it. And at the same time, I would travel with my six foot ring light and I would set up a little studio at every house we went to. So I was able to keep the business running. But that for me was just, we had the time of our lives. And we did spend about 10 of those months in Sedona. So everywhere we went, we ended up back here. And last week, we actually closed on our dream house out here, which has been really awesome. But I'd say for me, it was geographic freedom was a big piece of it. So not having to answer to anybody, not having to go into an office ever again. And then financial freedom was massive too. And I mean, I still had some like habits drilled in me where like in college, I had a ton of student debt. I was on a very tight budget. I remember going to Starbucks and like not being able to afford the coffee and I would just like sit there with my friends. So I still always kind of had these habits instilled. So I'm not like a a crazy spender, you know? Although this week with the house, it felt like a lot with the down payment. (laughs) But usually um, I'm still pretty good with money. So I've just saved a ton, which ended up actually funding the down payment. So that was just a massive money saving opportunity.
2: Love that. You're crushing it, Kat. All right. I am such a business building nerd. And you mentioned before in passing that you have these people kind of just coming into your ecosystem, going on this like five day email drip sequence. What is the top of the funnel lead magnet? Like how are you getting people onto your list? I know let's not talk about the webinars because that seems like a whole different beast, but it sounds like you have this whole other funnel that people are just kind of dripping in and you're making sales off of that too.
0: Yeah. So I have a one page guide. So I made my top 31 Excel functions guide. So it's a cute little PDF. That gets sent to them at the top of the funnel. And then I try to keep it fresh. So sometimes I'll have like mini courses that I do instead, but everyone keeps asking for the guide. So I always bring back the guide.
1: (laughs) What kind of experimentation have you done with that? I don't know. You just mentioned like you like to keep it fresh. So what did those sequences maybe look like early on? And what did you figure out? You know what? That didn't really work the way I thought it would. I need to change this up.
0: Yeah. I mean, the content of them kind of stayed the same because they really worked from the start, but I did switch platforms. So I'd started off on MailChimp and the price goes up the more people you add. And my mailing list is almost like 100,000 people now. So it was getting a little pricey. So I ended up switching to Flowdesk and I got locked in at that beta rate for 20 bucks a month. And now I have almost 100,000 people on a mailing list there. So it has been, for me, that's been a huge help. And also, I love their templates and things. Like they're so easy for me to plug and play. So I've been using that for all my funnels now.
2: So, as a fellow course seller and course creator, It's awesome because it's mostly passive and I guess it depends how you set it up, but what is your kind of team? What does the whole course structure look like now? Like what percentage, let's pretend you don't want to do workshops anymore and you just need to keep the business running. How many hours is that going to take you a week? Like what percentage of this have you put on autopilot?
0: Ooh, I mean, I'd say like 90%. Wow. So I really, all I do for the business, unless I'm creating a new course, then it takes me, you know, about a week. I've kind of... Streamline my process where i could create an 100 video course from like designing the course filming the content and video edit everything i could do in about a week if i really focus wow so i had to do that nine times when i was releasing the entire microsoft suite and i just like busted it out because at this point i'm like to hire someone to do the video editing and train them i was like i want to know how to do this stuff too like when i go to make course updates i don't want to have to rely on someone like i got really good with the editing so for me most of my week now, though, if I'm not creating a course, it was really just answering like customer service emails, which I just hired my amazing assistant Tika. So now she handles all my emails and then my bulk emails. I also hired my boyfriend into the company and he does all my bigger sales emails now. So really, the only things that I answer now are like podcasts and speaking engagements and things like that. But really, the I have an ads team that does Facebook ads, TikTok ads, all the things and scales it for me in that direction and the whole thing's been just kind of moving and it's really the webinars are the only like physical time where i'll spend probably four hours of the month on the webinars
1: and you started mentioning some of the people you hired in because i know originally you were talking about like i edited every every video like you're doing all of it yourself i guess what kind of guy convinced you like you know what it's it's time now to kind of offload some of this onto somebody else so that i can focus on the things that really matter
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, my emails were really starting to tick me off. (laughs) I was opening it up and I was like, oh, like I get upwards of like 100 emails a day between like customers, opportunities, things. And I'm very good now at like asking my body and being like, is this a hell yes? And if not, it's a no. But it was just so much like I have over 10,000 students now and I was doing all the customer service myself. And they'll ask me like in-depth Excel questions where I have to sit and answer them. So for me, that was where it was starting to drag. And I was like, okay, this doesn't feel good. So that's something where I'm gonna hire someone. So actually I put out a little Facebook post being like, I'm hiring a virtual assistant. I got 500 applicants in 24 hours. I shut down the Google form. I was like, oh gosh. (laughs) And I had to sit and sift through people. And I did like rounds and rounds of interviews and found my amazing Tika. And so she now handles all of that in my emails. But that for me, and the bulk emails too is my boyfriend's specialty. So like he just crushes it on the sales emails. Like, so that's been just a massive help having the two of them do that. And that was really the only area of my business where I was like, ugh. Creating the courses, that's art for me. Like that's my playground. That's fun to me. Like half of my building is in the video editing. So if I have to sit there at like every second and be like, add a hamburger here for three seconds to make the analogy pull it down do this at that point since they're very technical heavy courses I would also need someone with a heavy excel background to edit them I just end up whipping it out myself because it'll take me like three days and then I keep all the income from it so for me that's been like my main area of like quote unquote work is when I'm making a course like right now today actually I've been working on my kids course that is coming out this week for students so I've been It's a very fun course. I have like props and costumes and I've been like (laughs) running around this house doing all these. I was just in the kitchen, the career kitchen, showing the ingredients for the elevator pitch. You know, it's like a work ready course for students. But for me, it's fun.
2: (laughs) That is awesome. Okay, so this is a fun one, Kat. What is the most underrated function in Excel, in your opinion?
0: Most underrated function, I would say right now for me is that XLOOKUP function. People are still hanging around the VLOOKUP. They're like, oh, I'm cool with my index match. But let me tell you, the XLOOKUP function is the best function that Excel has ever rolled out. It gets around the limitation of a VLOOKUP where you can't look to the left of your lookup column. It has all these different added optional arguments where you can do all these complex things. I think that is hands down the most underrated one right now.
1: That's a great answer. And I love like just the <laughs> enthusiasm that you have around Excel as a product. Is there... I guess anything else, is there like a runner up or is it just like Excel? I mean, I know you do courses for like the Microsoft suite, but like what's kind of number two, like if it wasn't Excel, what would it be?
0: I'm a fan of the PowerPoint right now too. When I was building out that PowerPoint course, I was like, dang, PowerPoint has really stepped it up from when I was first using it at my day job. Really anything Microsoft comes out with, I'm just super passionate about. I love working with them. I've partnered with them in different ways. They've been really awesome. So I just kind of Love meeting with the people there and learning about the different products and the nuances.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Like Microsoft, I feel like most people kind of, they use maybe like 5% of the functionality if even that it offers. I mean, Mm -hmm. it can sometimes require a course, but the functionality is is insane if you really dig it to it.
2: So I think just the way you've gone about building this business, like doing everything yourself, I think I see a lot of entrepreneurs who... Outsource maybe too fast. They don't learn the fundamentals. They don't learn what goes into each part of their business before they outsource. I remember talking to a guy at a conference who's like, "Yeah, I'm spending about five thousand dollars a month on writers and an SEO tech and like all these people." And he's like, "But I don't know how to make money." It's like, well, <laughs> maybe you should have done some of this stuff to yourself before you went and hired this stuff out. So I just think you're building this thing the right way, and I I wish you the best of success, and I think you're going to be able to scale this thing to whatever heights you want. But What kind of is new on the horizon besides the kids course that you're working on what do you see this brand what do you see miss excel becoming in the next couple of years
0: yeah so i mean the business has been scaling and growing at such a fast pace so it's been really me just like getting that foundation to allow it to take off so going to continue to work with microsoft in various ways to grow the courses grow the business i'm also dropping a line of nfts so i just signed my contract for that yesterday i'm working with an awesome company to build NFTs that are cool, Excel-themed, but also give back to the environment. So it has a big charity aspect to it too. And we're going to be working together to create some super cool art for the community that this is actually the first time I dropped the information about it. was on this podcast <laughs> right here. I still haven't announced it on my page yet, but that's something I'm really looking forward to working on. And then eventually I'm going to start taking moves with the business courses. So either creating some form of coaching container, or creating more of another, probably what I'll do, like passive income course situation, teaching how to reset our minds and then how to grow a business and then how to merge that together and how to create viral content and things like that.
1: Well, we'd love to have some breaking news on the show. And for those who are looking to kind of keep up with whatever (laughs) next breaking news you have, where's kind of like the best place for them to go? I mean, obviously we know you're on TikTok, but like what, you know, throw, give us the handles, give us the websites, like where can we look out to, to know that you're coming out with some of these courses?
0: Yeah, so at miss, M-I-S-S dot Excel, E-X-C-E-L on Instagram and TikTok. I've also been growing my LinkedIn following lately, so that's been another area. So I'm Kat Norton on LinkedIn. And then my website is miss, M-I-S-S dash Excel dot com, which my website is actually being redone in the next couple of weeks. It will be released. I've been working with the team to build out a super cool new website that kind of like merges the yin and the yang of my business, like the corporate yet the fun. It's super cool. So I can't wait to reveal that to everybody too.
2: Awesome. Well, that should be live probably by the time this is going out. So there's another breaking news for our audience. People can go check out your new, (laughs) your brand new website. And yeah, just want to thank you again so much for taking the time today, Kat. I know, I mean, just Google your name and there's like a thousand media features. So thank you for taking the time to talk to us, talk to our audience. It really means a lot. I think you're just doing amazing things. You have all the right chakra and energy and manifestation and <laughs> trying to learn on learn about inner work from you so yeah just thanks so much for your time
0: thank you so much for having me this was awesome
2: and as always if you want to check out our
1: facebook group page you can do so at thefiveshowcom community and we always appreciate those five-star reviews they help us get great guests like we had today and if you're interested in supporting The FI Show, you can do so by checking out some of our partners over at the resources page, which can be found at thefishow.com slash resources. And thanks for listening.